Hello, my name is Josh. I'm Jamie. And welcome to a conversation with two geeks, the podcast where we talk about movies, comics, and everything in between. Today we talk about everything from the trailer to the newest Pixar film, Luca, to our thoughts on episode eight of WandaVision, and much more. Also, please feel free to follow us on all our social media pages. We're on Twitter at Convo with Two Geeks. Um, that's with the number two. Um, we are on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. And also, if you like emailing us about anything from this episode or previous episodes, we'd love to have some feedback from you guys. So please feel free to email us at Conversation with Two Geeks at gmail.com. And that is spelled all the way out. And we will leave a link to all these in our show notes. You can also find our back catalog on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are listened to. How are you today, Jamie? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? Eh, I'm doing okay as well. It's kind of been a long week, but yeah. finally happy it's the weekend. Anyways, let's get on to our first topic for the day. Uh, we got a new trailer for the new Disney Pixar movie, Luca, starring Jason Tremblay, Maya Rudolph, Jill- Jack Dylan Grazer, Emma Berman, and Jim Gaffigan, and directed by Enrico Casarova who did the uh, La Luna short with writing duties going to me, Earl, and a dying girl screenwriter, Jesse Andrews, and soul screenwriter, uh, Mike Jones. The film's synopsis reads, set in a beautiful seaside town on the Italian Riviera, Luca is a coming-of-age story about one young boy's experience, uh, experiencing an unforgettable su- summer filled with gelato, pasta, and endless scooter rides. Luca shares all these adventures with his new best friend, but all the fun is threatened by a deeply held secret they are sea monsters from another world just below Earth's surface. The film is set to be released on June 18th, 2021. Jamie, what did you think of this trailer? Um, I really liked this trailer. It was really cute. Um, it looks like it has um, a lot of good things that the really good Pixar and Disney movies have that we all really like. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was a cute. It's something a little bit different, too, with the sea monster aspect, too, which is kind of fun. Um, mm-hmm. I just like the whole um, feel of it like them being um and like i'm guessing italy maybe yep. italy, france, somewhere italy. in europe it's like and yeah yeah and it, it just seemed really cute and like i don't know i think it's gonna be kind of fun what do yeah. you think i'm thinking the same way this definitely looked a lot of cute um um, I mean, just have a summer filled with gelato pasta and the scooter rides i mean i i would like to have that summer yeah but yeah, no, I think this is it's nice. It's, that's a bomb. Yeah, no, I but yeah, no, I think this is cute. It did I, I was reading a lot of the responses on Twitter and everyone called it a combination of call me by your name and shape of water. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a good way to describe it. Um yeah. Yeah, but yeah, no, I thought but yeah, no, overall I thought it was great. And I'm really excited to see this one. So yeah. According to Deadline, author and comics writer Tanish Coates will be writing a Superman reboot feature for Warners and DC, which J.J. Abrams is producing under his Bad Robot label. No plot details or announcements have been set, but, Bor- but through Boris Kitt, who's a writer um, with The Hollywood Reporter, has speculated that the new project might be about a Black Superman, with him pointing out that in 2019, Michael B. Jordan pitched the idea of this to Warners, but it didn't go very far. Now, if they decide to go in that route, there is someone from the comics that they can potentially take influence from. Um, his name's Calvin Ellis, and he actually winds up being the president of that of his alternate Earth while also being Superman. So that that's the whole thing. Um, Jay, what do you think about this news? Oh man, 
Um, so this was kind of out of the blue. Mm-hmm. It's funny that they announced a Supergirl and a Superman kind of like very close together. It's very interesting mm-hmm. um, and stuff. Uh, honestly, I'm I don't know how I feel about this. I feel kind of weird about this. I I love like I love Superman. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've also had so many Superman movies, and mm-hmm. he just got a new TV show. Mm-hmm. So like why like i don't i'm so confused because i thought i was under the impression that warners was either going to have him be on tv or have him be in movies not both simultaneously Mm. um but they also might be like getting away from that a little bit but Mm um yeah i don't know it's weird um if it's a black superman though i could get behind that because that's definitely some something different it'll be definitely be like a different aspect the character a little bit they can they could definitely like i don't know i think that'd be bring something new Uh to the story a little bit Uh um because i could like that what do you think what are your thoughts i when this is first announced i was very curious about it because i was well first off tanishi coates is a amazing author he wrote some comics for uh, marvel and he's like wrote like i think several captain america comics he did a whole run on black panther which wind up being an influence for the movie um he's also been like special he also had like special thanks credits on both endgame and infinity war so there's that um this nice. uh, yeah no this this was uh, so on one on one hand i'm like happy that Tanish cuts is doing this because it's like he's a very prominent writer especially within the black community and just like yes um as for the black mm-hmm. superman thing i okay so when the snooze first hit i thought my mind was racing for my mind was racing with two potential ways that they could potentially do this. They, I have a feeling that they were either going to soft reboot reboot uh, the Superman stuff with Cavill still attached, or do something similar like with um, Matt Reese is doing for the Batman. It seems mm-hmm. like I. Okay. That being said, I don't know which direction they're going, especially with the Black Superman thing, because um, there is that character Calvin Ellis I mentioned who. I who if I'm not mis- who Jordan actually and I read and I went back and did some research on this. Jordan actually talked about saying like he wanted to do that character. Um, but and he I, wanted to be soups. Yeah, he wanted to be soups, but not specifically you know Cal um Clark Kent. He wanted to be the Calvin um, Ellis character, and I think this is where the pitching from. Um, now I don't know if they're gonna fully go in that direction. I it, it's often de- it's very much debatable, but I. I'm very curious about this. I'm I'm very curious about this. It's honestly very interesting timing, especially with Superman and Lois, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. But yeah, no, I yeah, I'm 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 kind of I'm 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 just I'm very curious about this. This is very curious to me, and I'm very curious to see how this kind of pans out. Also, um, yeah. Jay, I don't. This was kind of mentioned in the report, but Jerry J. JJ might be, I don't know if he's going to be fully directing this. Like, I know he's going to be producing this, mm, but okay. I, I remember reading a report saying that JJ's kind of flirting with the idea of directing, but he's unsure at the moment. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this would be interesting, and I'm really excited to see um, if this pans out, then really excited mm-hmm. to see this take, because I think this would be a very interesting take. Yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah. Moving on to our next topic, according to The Wrap, Charm City Kings director Angel Manuel Soto is directing Blue Beetle for Warners and DC with the screenplay being, uh, screenplay, sorry, screenplay being written by 
Mexican-born Gareth Dunnett Alokar, who wrote um, Universal Scarface remake and Sony Smith Ballad. That's uh, Gina. Ro- not, um, I think it's her name. Uh, Gina. Uh, is it Gina Rodriguez? Oh yeah, Gina, Gina Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she from did. Jane the Virgin. Yes, she was in that. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I remember okay. that. Um, in DC Comics, we bleed up is the superhero alter ego used by three different heroes, but the film will focus on American teen, Mexican American teenager. G- Jamie Reyes, the third character to assume the Blue Beetle mantle. This will mark DC filmed and Warner Brothers' first superhero movie starring a Latino character. It is an honor director Blue Beetle, the first Latino, uh, Latino superhero film for DC, said Soto in a statement to the rap. I want to sincerely thank everyone at Warner's, Warner Brothers and DC for trusting me to bring Jamie Rodriguez to life. I can't wait to make history together. Uh, what's your thoughts on this? This is pretty cool. Um, I actually really like this idea because... Um, I don't know a lot about the Blue Beetle. I know a Blue Beetle, but mm-hmm. I have very limited exposure to him um, and like the different incarnations and all that different stuff. But I think this is a great opportunity to explore that character that doesn't get a lot of like big screen time mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, and so I think that's really cool. And it's just cool to have some more... Um, Latino like representation and stuff like that and like uh, that kind of superhero I think that's pretty cool um but yeah I think this is awesome because it's not going with your big heroes it's going with somebody who's not as mainstream and giving them exposure which I think is always always really cool mm-hmm. so what do you think I'm I was honestly I was a, bit, a little bit surprised about this news because I was kind of like okay this is interesting because I because Blue Beetle there's two versions of Blue Beetle well Reyes, and then there's the Ted Cord version, which actually, fun fact, um, was originally going to be Ray Paul. So back when the Airverse was still kind of forming, I think this was around season two or season three, the character that they wanted to use was Ted Cord. But at the time, Berlanti was, I think, developing a movie, um, a Ted, uh, Ted Cord and Blue Beetle movie, uh, Booster Gold, Gold movie. Um, at the same okay. at the same time, hence why it never really went forward. Uh, hence why they had the kind of switch it up to uh, Ray Palmer the Atom. Ah, uh, okay. So, okay. so this is so this is interesting. Um, I'm yeah. So now speaking of Ted Cord, I'm wondering if he's going to be in the movie as like a mentor or something, or if it's just going to have Jamie. But yeah, no, I've actually out of the those two, I know Jamie the most because I've not only read his comics but also um, I think. He was in Young Justice, right? That, that's what I was going to ask you because that's really my main exposure is whoever the Blue Beetle was. And I'm pretty sure it was Jamie in Young Justice. I'm pretty sure that was the version of him. Yeah. Um, and stuff. And so, um, yeah. I mean, it. There's a. I think that's. This is a really cool opportunity for Warners to kind of um, give a hero like that's in their arsenal some more screen time and exposure and hopefully like they can do it right and people really like it and stuff like that um yeah i don't know yeah i'm, I'm really excited about this one anyways yeah. moving on to our next topic according to deadline nickelodeon is launching avatar studios a division designed to create original context bearing animated series and movies based on the world of avatar the last airbender with the division set to be run by the show's original creators and executive producers Michael Diamartino and Brian Conzi. Con, I'm, I'm just going to call him Brian K because I can't pronounce that last name. 
Yeah. Um, Avatar Studios will produce content for a platform such as including Paramount Plus and Nickelodeon, with the first project being an animated theatrical film that is set to start production later this year. Jamie, what are your thoughts on this? Give me the Kyoshi story. Give me the series. <laughs> Give it to me, please. Mike and Brian, that's the only one I want. That's all. Like, please, just give it to me. If you guys have not go, there are two novels. There's like the original novel about Kiyoshi. Um, let me see if I can look it up real quick while I'm talking. But this is freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Like having Mike and Brian um, being uh, like in charge of this and having like their own little studio now where they can just develop stories kind of like however they want in this universe is like mm-hmm. really really awesome and and like the fact that they're already gonna have a movie coming out um later this year and all that stuff and whatnot so it's it's like it's just so cool i'm so excited for this i know like this is like cartoons but like if any of you have watched avatar you know how good yeah these are and how good mm-hmm. of a writers and creators mike and brian are and mm-hmm. how like just how much and the fact that they're finally getting um their own like hopefully their own stuff and great for paramount plus for pick- grabbing this and being like mm-hmm. hey listen it may not be the biggest thing but we know that a- there's a lot of avatar fans who will probably subscribe to us to see the stuff that they put out and whatnot mm-hmm. and just like I think that's really cool. But yeah, the two books, if you want to know more about Kiyoshi, there is um, The Rise of Kiyoshi is the second one. And then there's, I'm trying to do it without the, the story play. I have an audiobook of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're like, they're by, they're by Michael, like FCE. And then Michael, um, Michael was involved in creating these stories. And they're really good. Like they give you a lot of really great insight to Kiyoshi. And I think, a series about her would be really cool, but there's so many routes they can go. Like, I'm so excited to see what direction they want to go in and, like, <laughs> and movies and stuff. What do you think? I'm sorry. I've been talking for, like, five minutes with this. I haven't been it's, this excited about something in a while. It's I'm okay. Um, It's okay. I'm all in for this. I also see this kind of as an FU to Netflix, especially considering that yeah. they got, they, they left that series, which I'm not even going to talk about that. Netflix, but you got effed up. Yeah, you 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 dumb that you dumb fucked up. But yeah, no, I'm I'm all in I'm all in for this. Um, I'm wondering though if it's gonna be set because I had an idea and we talked about this off camera off air. But mm-hmm. one idea that I had was that it could be set in between the events of Avatar: The Last Airbender and Korra because we don't because there's like seventy years worth of storytelling there. I definitely think that is an area where they can definitely go and um explore i think that's very easy not i don't want to say easy like they'd be taking an easy writing way out but that's definitely something where i could see that being like there's a lot of story here that we can go into and we can write about and we can come up with stuff mm-hmm. and whatnot and i think they also like the avatar universe is huge mm-hmm. like they could go like they can go and they can tell stories about any of the previous avatars any of the future avatars like they're, they have so much that they can mess around and play with. Like the sandbox is huge for them. And so it's like, it's going to be really exciting to see what they do. I, I, I do, 
would love to see more about Aang and all of them after where we left him off in Avatar mm-hmm. and before Korra. Um, I know you haven't seen all of Korra. I love Korra. I love Avatar too. I love them both very, very much. Um, so like, I'm up for anything that they put out though. Like if they get the proper time to write and develop and do everything that they need to do for these, mm-hmm. this, this, this could be huge. I'm yeah. excited. I'm, yeah, I'm all in. I'm all in for this. Anyway, yeah. moving on to our next topic. Per deadline, during the TCA Television Critics Association, Viacom CBS unveiled new details about its streamer, Paramount Plus, in which the streamer will feature a catalog of more than 30,000 episodes, 2,500 um, movie titles, and 1,000 plus live sporting events and news coverage. In addition, a number of theatrical movies will hit the service after a 45 day theatrical window including Mission Impossible 7, A Quiet Place 2, and Paw Patrol the movie. Along with that, we have more than 50 new series across multiple genres that will bow during the next two years on the streamers with some of the titles being um, Halo, which which actually moved from Showtime to Paramount Plus, which is going to have American God star uh, P- Pablo Schreiber. He's the guy that plays um, Matt Sweeney as oh. Master Chief. Dang. Um, Flashdance, which in which it will be continuation from the, of the 1983 film with the story being set in the present day, a revival of the Nickelodeon uh, series iCarly, Miranda Crossgrove, Nathan Cress, and Jerry Trainer all set to return. Also, they just left their showrunner for that, so that's going to be interesting. Yeah, it, the whole iCarly reboot thing is very interesting, and we could probably talk about that at a later time. But yeah, it's that mm-hmm. that's definitely going to be interesting. Yeah. Then, then we got a follow up to the 1969 film The Italian Job, which will follow the grandchildren and the main protagonist, who was played by Michael Caine in the original. Um, a prequel series to Greece called Greece The Rise of the Pink Ladies. Uh, oh. be- uh, a new Beavis and Butthead. It's okay. New Beavis and Butthead movie with Mike Judge set to direct and much more. The streamer is set to go live on March 4th. Jamie, what are your thoughts on it? What are your thoughts on this news? I mean, this is pretty interesting. Um, they definitely have some stuff lined up to make them kind of competitive with the other streaming services. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're gonna have Mission Impossible, A Quiet Place Two. Um, the Halo movie is huge. Like, like uh, I, is it a movie? I it's played, a series. Sorry, it's a series. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, anyway, it's Halo. Like, mm-hmm. it's. Like, that's one of the first games I vividly remember my brother playing as a child. Like, it's one of the very <laughs> first, like, big games um, that I remember him playing. The like, Carly thing is pretty big. Like, they have some stuff that they have. Um, the Grease prequel is interesting. Um, see what they end up doing with that. Um, but, I mean, I, is it that, like, they're not going to be able to... They're going to be in a weird place because I don't think they'll be able to compete with like Netflix or anything right away. But I think they have a pretty solid startup mm-hmm. for a streaming service. Um, as long as they keep finding stuff to put on the streamer and stuff like that, they 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 could they have potential. I think. What do you think? I I agree. This this thing definitely does seem, especially after reading this, uh, does have room to rival. I think the mouse, um, especially with the Halo series, which. Whoever suggested a movie from Showtime to Paramount Plus, you just gave Paramount mm-hmm. Plus a complete leg up. Um, as for everything else, um, it seems like very, um, yeah. it seems very interesting and stuff. But I am curious about certain things. But ultimately, um, this this seems like it's another interesting streamer. I, again, 
the way that this dreamer is supposed to head out is that this is kind of supposed to be a revamping of CBS All Access. Okay. So okay. that's so that's gonna be interesting, and then, but overall, yeah, no, this looks interesting, and I'm really excited. Um, I guess I'm gonna have to wait until like, at least the Halo series comes out so, to like maybe give it a chance, but yeah. Mm-hmm. When the is there a release date for the Halo series or anything? Or... Um, unfortunately, no, because they're still filming. Like they were only able to film like I think like fifty to sixty percent of the first season before the pandemic hit. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. So they're still kind of filming. That. That's what I. That's unfortunately what I thought. Um, because mm-hmm. I do remember hearing something about this a while ago, mm-hmm. and figured that it got probably stuck in COVID hell. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, because that's a like I don't. I don't know how many of our listeners are big video game people, but Halo is huge in the video game com- community, mm-hmm. and they like they've been waiting for a very long time to get some sort of series or movie or something that's decent mm-hmm. for for this. So like, this has the potential to be a very big staple for Paramount, and if they nail that with this, that's pretty cool. That's pretty big. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember like back in the day, Neil Baumkamp, who wound up doing like District 9, um, he was attached to this. And then mm-hmm. also like there was a script from Alex Garland, um, who later would do Ex Machina and um, yeah, who later would direct like Ex Machina and stuff. Um, there was a script from him. Peter Jackson was going to be involved. I think Universal and 20th Century Fox are going to team up. But I guess there was some disagreements with Microsoft and stuff ultimately. Ultimately, it never went into fruition, and they've been trying to. Uh, it's been nuts. They they've been trying to get this thing off the ground for years, but now they're finally able yeah. to. So, so yeah. Anyways, moving on to our next topic. According to Variety, Disney Plus has revealed the rest of its spring and early summer slate. This includes Loki, which will premiere on June 11th. Big Shot, which coasts, which stars John Samos as a hot-headed men's basketball coach who gets kicked out of the of the uh, NC double A and takes a job at an all-girls high school where he learns that he must um, start coaching with empathy and vulnerability. The show also stars uh, Shirley from Community, Yvette Nicole Brown, and will premiere on April 16th. Uh, or I can't believe she's also, she's not only Shirley from Community, she's also... Um, is she the, the boss from Drake and Josh? Yes. Is that what you were going to say? Okay, I was about to ask you to make mm-hmm. sure because I was like 90% sure that was her. Um Mm-hmm. yeah she's funny yeah she's, no, she's great um then we got yeah then we got star wars the bad batch which will premiere on may on may 4th aka may the 4th be with you <laughs> nice um high school musical the series uh season two on may 14th um monsters at work which is a spinoff um slash sequel of the 2001 film monsters inc with the story taking place like a day after the events of the film with billy crystal and john goodman Ooh. such a advisor roles as mike wazowski and um sully and then we got a sequel series to the 1989 film Turner and Hoosh starring Josh Peck and Lindsay Fonaska. Uh, that will premiere on July 16th. Jamie, what are your thoughts on this? And which one, and which one are you mostly excited for? Ooh, that's a tough question, which one I'm most excited for. Um, um, all these are pretty cool. Um, I'm tied between the Loki and the High School Musical, this musical, the series season two. I've been waiting for season two for the High School Musical series for like since it premiered when Disney Plus came out. Um, like I've been waiting freaking forever for this mm-hmm. to come out for season two. So um, and Loki just because of how good WandaVision's been since mm-hmm. it's like 
aired in stuff and like like and if falcon wants a soldier does it just as well which i'm assuming it will mm-hmm. um i have very high hopes for loki and i think that one's gonna be a lot of fun um mm-hmm. and stuff so like those are the two i'm most excited for uh i mean the other stuff sounds pretty cool too like i i'm game for the other stuff but those are the two that definitely like i'm like yes i'm i'm ready what about you um, for me, obviously Loki. Um, obviously, like Star Wars Loki. I still haven't seen. Um, I've only seen like I think the first episode of the High School Musical series. Um, so I need to actually sit down and watch that. Um, as for, I'm also really interested in it, Big Shot, mainly because of uh, Shirley. Yeah, and, and, and Uncle Jesse, and Uncle Jesse. Yeah, I mean, we 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 all like Uncle Uncle Jesse. But um, also, the Monsters it, at Work one sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. interesting. And- if you guys haven't checked mm-hmm. out the High School Musical, the musical, the series, don't let its ridiculous name trip you up, okay? It's a ridiculous name. <laughs> it's actually really cute. It's campy. It's not as campy as, like, the movies. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, I, 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 I was hesitant going into it, honestly, because I thought it was going to be for, like... Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know if I was going to be in the age range that I wanted to, to mm-hmm. be in, but it's actually really well done. It's like a much better version of what Glee wanted to be, to be honest. Oh, and oh, like, oh, oh, God. Yeah. Hello, yes, I brought that my, up. Hello, darkness, no, my I, old friend. Yeah. No, I'm not going to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> We're not going to go down that road. But kids <laughs> are super talented. If you heard Driver's License, the girl who sings that's in this. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure she sings in season two. So if you're interested in hearing her sing more and just want to hear her sing and see her acting ability, she's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, um, I'd highly suggest go checking that out if you haven't. I just wanted to plug that in there <laughs> just in case. It's okay. Yeah, no. I, yeah, no. But as soon as you said Glee, I, I was like, hello, darkness. But it we won't really get. Is, we, we, but it, we won't. It, it's not as over dramatic as Glee. Glee was over dramatic as hell, and this isn't as much. It's still mm-hmm. dramatic. Don't get me wrong. It's a musical about high school kids, where high school everything's over dramatized. But it's like, I don't know. I just feel like it's a better. It's it's more. It's not as ridiculous, I guess, is how I can say after a while. I, I've really enjoyed it. So, uh, yeah, 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 no. yeah, no, I get you. I get you. Anyway, moving on to our next topic. Um, in our interview with Alan, um, Aaron Couch of The Hollywood Reporter during the TCAs, Kevin Feige, um, Overlord, sorry, <laughs> uh, CEO and president of Marvel, revealed several new details about the future of the MCU. First, he revealed that for some of the MCU shows on Disney Plus, there will be multiple seasons, but refused to clarify on which shows. My guess is that's either Falcon, um, Falcon, Soldier, Miss Marvel, She Hulk, pretty much everything but WandaVision. I know some people were speculating on WandaVision, but I just want to say, like, I think that's the only message we're going to get, but we'll see. I I agree with you, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, Daddy, uh, first, he revealed that, um, um, then he, re- th- he also confirmed that the upcoming series of Falcon Motor Soldier will consist of six roughly one hour episodes. Um, then Faye said that despite the fact that Deadpool 3 will be rated R, it'll be an exception to the rule, saying that we never have been held back by it. Uh, Faye said of sticking to the PG 30 rates. If we ever are, then it'll certainly be a discussion to be had. 
had, but that's just hadn't been the case yet. And finally, Feige hits at the possibility that characters from the previous ABC, Hulu, Netflix shows, uh, such as Ames of Shield, Del Derville, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage could put could po- uh, appear in the MCU properly, saying, I'm not sure of the exact contract, but perhaps someday, said Feige. He goes on to say, I'll just say that there are often rumors that are true, and not, there are often rumors that are not true. True. It was great fun uh, having Clark Gregg, H-A-M, who played H.A. Coulson, uh, come back to the MCU and Captain Marvel, but everything else, we'll just have to wait and see. Jamie, what are your thoughts on these comments? Um, I mean... The shows having second seasons, I really do agree that I feel like WandaVision is definitely a one season show. Um, mm-hmm. and I feel like it it's gonna like propel Wanda into Doctor Strange too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why she's not gonna get one, she's gonna have a lot of maybe see how much stuff she has in Doctor Strange too. But the other show that I definitely could see, maybe well, we'll have to see with Loki. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, Loki did do a season two. Strict. Yeah, the Loki. I just remember oh, Loki did? did. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, when uh, Michael Walter, the showwriter, signed a whole new contract with them, um, Loki season two was already announced. Yeah, so Loki is gonna be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I I do now that you've mentioned that I do remember hearing that from somewhere, probably from you, mm-hmm. telling me that a long, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so. But yeah, I mean, I think it's all pretty good. I'm glad that Deadpool 3 will still be rated R. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure people are like, Disney don't make a PG-13 um, and stuff like that. But yeah, what are your thoughts on all this? Um, first off, when it comes, so as I mentioned before, I think along with like the Falcon Winter Soldier, I think Loki's going to be another one that gets a season two. Um, as for the R rating stuff, um, I've heard some people go back and forth whether or not for example, Blade should be R-rated. Um, I think it all depends okay. on the story they tell and like how that story is going to be because it might not be how the '98 version was, uh, version was where it was all action. They might go into a more much more horror route, and I do believe you could do horror within a PG-13 stance. I mean, I'm just thinking of films like Sinister and and um, Sinister, which was directed, which was actually directed by an MCU director, um, uh, Scott Derrickson. So, oh, okay. so there's that. Um, as for all the other characters appearing, um, I mean, we're already hearing rumors that Daredevil might be appearing in uh, Spider-Man 3. And as for everyone else, I've heard some stuff as well, but I can't be um, too sure. But I, I definitely could see them coming back. Oh, yeah, for sure. If mm-hmm. if they want to make him work, they'll figure out a way. Yeah. yeah. And actually, speaking of Spider-Man 3, uh, we move on to our next topic around Tuesday. Following a trolling campaign from Tom Holland and Daya and Jason G- and Jacob Batalon, who plays Ned, uh, Sony has revealed the title for the upcoming Spider-Man film set within the MCU, Spider-Man: No Way Home. The film is currently filming in Atlanta, and with the slated with the film slated release uh, being December seventeenth, twenty twenty one. Jamie, what are your thoughts on this news on the title? Um, I mean, if you all saw the end of the last Spider-Man movie. This makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Like, it works a lot. Um, I thought, I didn't realize, like, are they going to be, able, they're still filming? Yeah. I, I almost 
Um, they're currently. That published. seems really. That seems really soon for it to be released by the end of this year, if they're still filming with like special effects and stuff. But yeah, but I don't know. Maybe it will I be think they. Tough. I think they started filming like at the end of last year. Okay, so then they, then they they probably could probably be almost done. Mm-hmm. A good chunk of the way done then. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. I mean. Mm-hmm. It, and like if you heard if everybody's heard the rumors going around about this movie then it adds a whole other different element to it mm-hmm. also and stuff so yeah i mean it and it's lending that it's the title is lending to that theory a little bit more and more mm-hmm. as we go on um i'm just waiting to see if we'll ever get a trailer and if they end it with toby and andrew popping up i think people are gonna lose their crap yeah. So it's gonna be interesting. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this? I'm very curious with this. Um, I think okay, so while I do think we're getting it multiverse, I don't think we're gonna get it as much as I think people I think are thinking that we're getting Expecting. it. Yeah, with Spider Man, at least from what I've heard. Um I mean I've I've from what I've been able to gather from at least the set photos and stuff, it seems like there's gonna be two sides, there's gonna be two ways that the movie's gonna go. I think the first side of the movie or at least the first arc is peter mj and potentially ned on the run as you know as the ending of the last film would state and stuff and and peter having to deal with that fallout mm-hmm. and then the other stuff is a multiverse stuff which from what i've heard um i think is only going to be contained in like one bit and there's this okay possible spoilers but also take this with a grain of salt so i I was reading something and I saw some and I saw something for Spidey and I t- tapped on it and it said that the way that they plan on like doing the whole multiverse thing is that it's going to be a big huge final battle where Spidey is literally fighting through the multiverse. Oh, okay. Okay. So so yeah, there's that. Um but yeah, no, other than that though, I I dig the title. I think dig the title and stuff. It continues on the home thing which I think we'll come to an end with this one. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Yeah, no, I'm all in for it. Anyways, yeah. moving on to our next topic, we got um, the first trailer for Hulu's Modoc, uh, starring Patton Oswalt as the voice of Modoc with uh, Melissa Fermio, that's Amy from Brooklyn Nine Nine, Sam Richardson, Gene Raphael, no Sonic, actually, no, <laughs> uh, Ben Schwartz, uh, Beck ben, uh, Beck Bennett. Amy Garcia and John Daly all filling up the cast with American Data Community writer Jordan Blum as showrunner. This show synopsis reads In Marvel's Modoc, the megalomaniac supervillain Modoc has long pursued his dream of one day conquering the world. But after years of setbacks and failures fighting the Earth's mightiest heroes, Modoc has e- ran his evil organization AIM into the ground. Ousted as AIM's leader while also dealing with his crumbling marriage and family life. The mental or um, or organism designed only for killing is set to confront his greatest challenge yet. The show is set to drop on Hulu on May twenty first. Jimmy, what are your thoughts on this trailer? Um, I think it's gonna be cool. Um, I'm pretty excited for this. Um, uh, yeah, I mean the synopsis sounds interesting, and I like the trailer a lot. Um, and the cast seems really cool. What are your thoughts? I think this looks interesting. I was kind. Of- I thought it was gonna, just going to be straight animation, but I didn't realize they were kind of doing the stop motion sort of thing that Robot Chicken does, which actually makes it 10 times hilarious. Oh, that's funny. 
but yeah, yeah no, I'm I'm all in for this. Um, this is I think the one the last like, um, previous um era Marvel shows that we're getting oh, okay. that we're getting um as Feige kind of like rebooted that whole TV side of things. But yeah, no, I'm really curious about this one, and I just I, I can't wait. I'm all in. Anyways, yeah. moving on to our next topic. Um, so we got the first trailer for Army of the Dead, the new Zack Snyder movie. Uh, this stars Dave Batista, Ella Purnell, Ana de la Ruguera, um, Regulera, uh, Matthias, I'm not pronouncing that last name, um, Matthias S., uh, Nora and Az- Arznader, uh, Haruki Sadada, Rael Castillo, Michael Cassidy, and Garrett Dil- uh, Dillahunt, and directed by Zack Snyder with him, John Wick's uh, Chapter 3, Parabellum screenwriter, Shea Haddon. And King Arthur's Legend of the Sword screenwriter Joey Harold writing the script. The film synopsis reads, following an, a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas, a group of mercenaries take on the ultimate gamble, venturing into the quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever attempted. Uh, the film is set to be released on Netflix on May 21st. Jamie, what are your thoughts on this? Um, yeah, I mean, this is this should be pretty cool. Um, honestly, I think I forgot to watch this trailer, so I don't... I, didn't think about watching it i forgot mm. um but the synopsis and stuff sounds really cool um it's zombies obviously army of the dead so that's mm. cool um yeah i mean the cast seems pretty cool though like um and it'll be interesting to see dave bartista bartista in something um mm. besides guardians that i haven't seen him in anything in a while um yeah and then the john wick three chapter three screenwriter mm-hmm. being involved in this it's mm-hmm. good for the action and stuff mm-hmm. yeah um and stuff so and seeing zach snyder do something other than dc will be interesting too mm-hmm. so yeah what are your thoughts on it um this is gonna be interesting i was actually at first oh, kind of a little disappointed at the trailer but then i realized oh wait this is a teaser trailer this isn't exactly full um, trailer. full trailer but yeah no i'm i'm digging this um it's gonna be interesting to see snyder kind of go back to his roots with this um, this is a project that's actually been, in, weirdly enough, in development. Well, not really with Steiner, but in development, like, back in the day. Like, back in the day, um, probably, I would say, around 2011, this was actually going to be directed by the guy who did the Thing remake. Oh, okay. So, obviously, I think Zach kind of just took it over and be like, you know, what? I'm going to do my own thing with this. This is one of those projects where I thought I was going to direct and stuff, but it turned out I didn't. But, yeah, no, I'm really... Yeah, no, I'm, re- I'm really curious about this one, especially with him uh, teaming up with Netflix and stuff, and yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, moving on to our last topic. Um, an exclusive for Vanity Fair reveals how Zack Snyder's Justice League got made and what really happened on that set. <sighs> All right. Oh, boy. Yep. Uh, following Man of Steel's mixed reception, there was a back and forth with the studio, especially with some of Snyder's creative decisions. The studio gave Snyder the... Uh, power to go anywhere he chooses with its most valuable characters and he always wants something other than what they wanted uh, the director says but harsh reviews for batman v superman or demolished warriors confidence insider as principal photography got away way justice justice league in the united kingdom um kevin junahara uh warner brothers C- ceo and chairman did assign watchdogs in the form of dc's um creative chief chief Jeff Johns and Warner Brothers co-head, um, co-production head John Berg with the edict being that at least one of them had to be on set every day. 
Bradbury calls it was really tricky and not a position I'd love to be. Um, to be honest, um, he says I try to be forthright, forthright about what I thought creatively. My job was to mediate between a creator whose visions is attend- instantly dark and a studio that perceived rightly or wrongly that the fans wanted something light, lighter. I was respectful of the director and didn't want to pursue things that weren't coming at me from a corporate side that I thought um, weren't in line with what would make the best movie. Uh, Steiner allowed this with no complaints, but however, Warner started to cut more and more of his weird ideas, such as a romance between Bruce and Lois. Uh, no. That's weird. Yep. Yeah. No, no. And just here reading about it. Um, again, the, uh, we'll leave a link to the article in our show notes, but just. It's, yeah, it's very long. Yeah. Um, then in January, January, the director showed his uh, cut to Chihara. It did not go well with one of issues being the length of the film. Um, there was a mandate from Jahar that the film had to be two hours long, said Steiner. Uh, that had an order of paragraphical impact could eliminate much of the heart and humor. The studio also wanted, like a comedic romantic subplot between Esther Miller's Flash and Kirstie's Clement's Iris Delayer, which was entirely absent from the beeper cut. Because, uh, again, yeah. I'm, I'm still a bit shaky with a certain person that's name that starts with W. Yep. So if I don't say his full name, I'm just gonna just mute myself or just bleep myself. Um, Snyder also saw a very struggle problem with the make it shorter order. How am I supposed to introduce six characters and an alien with potential for world world domination in two hours? I mean, I could do it. It's been done. Certainly, it was done, but I never saw it. Soon, it became weird that uh, Warner Warner's was giving Bleeper more and more power, with only Snyder having one conversation with him about studio notes. Really, from his uh, daughter's autumn, his daughter Autumn's death, who died while she was at home from college. Jesus, yeah, um, and yeah, fighting anguish. If yeah, and fighting anguish in their work, uh, work rather than relief. Zach and his um, producing partner slash wife Deborah quit, calling members of the crew one by one. Blaker winded up reshooting and rewriting about three quarters of the movie. Worst of all, for all Warner Bros., he didn't exactly say the movie. When we got to see what Joss actually did, it was stupefying, said so a studio executives who requested nominativity. Nom- uh, the robber on the roof, so goofy and awful. The Russian family, so useless and pointless. Everyone knew it. Every, everyone knew it. It was so awkward because nobody wanted to admit what a piece of shit it was. Then the allegations happened, which, uh, for the sake of time and simplicity, I am not going to go over. Um, yeah, we talked about that more in a previous episode, like a couple of weeks ago. So if you, if you, for some reason, do not know what the, all that stuff is going on, which I'm assuming a lot of you probably do, and go listen to our previous episodes mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Before Sarah left, he took his laptop where the hard on the hard drive was the original nearly four-hour version. It was devoid of visual effects, music, and all the fine-tuning that make a movie a movie. It was also black and white. Design, it was a mental. He thought, well, we would just show it to random people who, like, stop by, like, our friends or whatever. This then led to the Snyder Cup movement, which, and this is my own personal feelings on it, despite having fans and people supporting and raising money and stuff, also came a lot of trolls who just harass people that... And I know this isn't everyone everyone that is is a fan of like Snyder's films and stuff or is a fan of the Snyder Cut movement. I'm just saying from my own personal experience, it just, um, especially from how others have kind of been harassed and bullied um, film journalists. 
Um, unfortunately, I think a lot of online fandom and fandom culture is headed in this very toxic direction. Said Kaylee Donaldson, who writes for Panjiba.com, especially strong, uh, it's especially strong from Cut Acolytes, she added. Um, perhaps mainly because they responded misguidedly to the director's tales of lone heroes in a hostile world. I don't get this from the Birds of Prey fans or the Shazam fans, says Donaldson. I get this a little bit from the Joker fans, but nowhere near the same level. Uh, Dream, uh, Jira Leminton, Lita, Lita Mendy, Lita Mendy, a clinical psychologist, noted that what I have observed is an enduring false sense of ownership, which can manifest as abuse, threats, and strong, intense reactions when a story doesn't go your way, she says. Fighting for an unseen cut of the film because of a cause, it's of course the worst behavior metabolite uh, messicizes. The, uh, they're shouting and people are listening are listening to them. Even as executive comments, they're getting positive reinforcement, reinforcement to go down that path. Fast forward to November of 2018, where substantial hashtag pushed on Twitter, called for Sarah Scott to be released. A few days later, Toby Emmerich, chairman of Warner Brothers Picture Group, uh, called Snyder with an offer. Let's try that. Let's try again. I, a lot of people at the company, myself included, has always felt bad that Zach didn't get hit to finish his version of the film because of circumstances, said Emmerich. And it, so if there was a way to make it logistically and financially possible, which HBO Max did, and Zach had a willingness to do it, it seemed like a win for everyone. Initially, Warner Brothers just wanted to release, just wanted Snyder to release the raw footage on his laptop, but he declined doing that, saying three reasons: one, you're going to get the internet off your back, which probably, which is probably your main reason for wanting to do this. Two, you get to feel vindicated for making things right, I guess, on some level. And three, you get a shittier version of the movie that you could go and point out. See, it's not good anyway. So maybe I was right. I was like, no chance. I rather would have the Snyder cut be a mystical unicorn for all time. Snyder estimated that it would take about $70 million to get it finished with him agreeing to go to forego his director's fee. He's not getting paid for this, by the way, um, to get it done. He's also adding in some personal elements with the film closing with Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah, which was Autumn's favorite song. Uh, when you look at the catharsis of it, if I was a potter, I would have made some pottery for you looking through this way, he says. But I'm also a filmmaker, so you get this giant movie. He wants people to love it, to love it if some don't. He's all right with that, with all all of it. Whatever comes, he's okay. So yeah, on one hand, I do feel sympathetic to Steiner, especially with his death um, of his daughter. At the same time, though, I'm just, I, I don't know how to feel. I just, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It sounds like the whole situation was very, mm -hmm. uh, toxic to begin with and then got really convoluted um and i agree with you i think there are some people who want the snyder cut who weren't being trolls but i do think there's a lot of people who were trolls just to do it also mm -hmm. um and it's sad because people get mad and then the people who genuinely just wanted to like to see what snyder's version of it would be like get lumped into that but that's a whole internet problem, a whole fandom problem, like the article was talking about a little bit and stuff that it's like, it, it gets really toxic at some points um, and it's sad. Um, but I, I would just say, I'm glad that he gets to finish it. I'm glad he gets to release it the way he want, 
kind of basically he gets to release it finished and everything for people to see mm-hmm. and whatnot and and i think that's a good i mean that's a good thing um mm-hmm. yeah ultimately yeah even if yeah. even if we don't like it i mean i'm again at the end of the day i'm happy that zach was able to get a platform to share his thought um mm-hmm. share his thoughts or his creative vision but i just yeah i know it's one of those things where i will appreciate it if i don't like it yeah for so. sure so there's that. Um, and yeah, that does it for our news topics today. Now we enter our recommendations period where we're going to... You ready for WandaVision? Let's go to WandaVision. WandaVision, 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 WandaVision. I will say this. I had meant to re-watch the episode, um, but I have not had time to rewatch mm-hmm. it. And then mm-hmm. I was very tired this morning. Um, because this is an episode that I feel like I really need to rewatch because I feel like there's stuff that I definitely missed in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was a heavy episode. This is a very sad episode. Yeah. And it made me very sad. Mm-hmm. It made yeah. me sad as well. I just, yeah, especially with Wanda going through all the flashbacks and stuff. Wanda's been through some shit, man. Yeah, no, Wanda needs needs therapy. Like, lots of therapy. Oh, man. Go ahead. But, yeah, no. Yeah, no, she needs lots of therapy because, you know, she's she's dealing with a lot of grief. Or better yet, a grief Mm -hmm. counselor because she's dealing with a lot of grief grief and stuff. So, yeah, no. Spoiler warning, by the way. We didn't talk too much. Massive spoiler warning. Um, massive spoiler warning. Uh, the Marvel suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you could recap the. Uh... Yeah. Also, we learned about um, Agatha and her origin this this week. Uh, apparently, she was burned at the. She they um her coven, you know, uh, kind of g- gave her away because um, of the Salem witch trials. Yep. Yeah. When I saw that pop up, I'm like, oh snap, we're going there now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, here we go. Yeah. It was actually pretty intense. Like, it was mm-hmm. kind of, like, sad. And mm-hmm. kind of, like, me- it's really messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just, I- I'm just hoping Wanda gets therapy. Wanda needs so much therapy. Wanda mm-hmm. needs a friend. Mm-hmm. Like, Wanda really needs a good friend to be there for her. However this all ends up. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, she, she needs a buddy. Because I think she's just dealing with stuff. But. Yeah, there's yeah, but overall I did enjoy the episode. I'm we only got one more episode so next week. I'm not ready. I don't I don't want it to be over. Yeah. Oh man. And that end that did you see the end credit scene? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. White vision. She's not gonna be happy about that. She's gonna be pissed if she finds that out, like what they did to vision. Mm-hmm. Like like that they made like a it looks like they made like a whole other vision. Mm-hmm. She's gonna be pissed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this episode was sad. Her going through all the flashbacks and like finding her love for sitcoms and just mm-hmm. like, man. Yeah, yeah. No, I I'm... just have a feeling it's gonna end up more sad. But I really hope like we kind of ended a place where Wanda's a little bit more at peace with everything. Yeah. At least mm-hmm. had some form of support for her. Mm-hmm. But we'll just have to see. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Anyways, um, we also watched um, Superman and Lois. <sighs> this was interesting. For me, um, I'm just going to go first. Um, okay. 
the cinematography and visual effects were really good for a CW show. I really liked the bit with uh, the callback with the Flesher suit, which was mm. like the first yeah, suit yeah, that yeah, we yeah. got in the like literal comics. Um, also, Tyler was good. I really like Tyler. And Betsy's also good as Lois as well, but I really like Tyler's performance. As for the boys, um, they're okay. Also, is it just me or does Jonathan look like Jake Paul? You know what? Now that you say that, he does a little bit. It's got to be the hair because he has like that kind of curly hair, maybe. It's the blonde. I don't know. Uh, He does a little bit and he's like kind of tall and like has the kind of same face shape. But now that you say Mm -hmm. that, he does a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, they're, they're okay. I'm... I don't, I think I might have to wait a few more episodes to, so they can get better material. But yeah. um, though the actress that plays Lana's daughter, um, Sarah, uh, Indy Never- Neverti, is actually really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, also, I have a theory on Captain Luther. Um, so mm, okay. I think that Luther is another Luther from another Earth that was destroyed in Crisis. Probably. Yeah. Most so, likely. Yeah. Anyways, what are your thoughts on the episode? Oh my god. Okay. So, context. I know I probably don't need to do this, but I'm going to just do this in case we have new listeners. Been very conflicted on this show since it was announced. Mm-hmm. Okay. Y'all know my love for my girl Kara. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, it kind of stems for just bitterness at the CW. A little bit. A little bit. And I've been trying very hard not to let that get in the way. Because, like he, Josh has said, the cinematography, the look of the show was fantastic. It looked fantastic. It looked really mm-hmm. good. The, the special effects were really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. And Tyler and Betsy were on point this whole episode. They did mm-hmm. a really, really good job. Um, mm-hmm. But I also, is it, was it weird that I felt kind of like not as interested in this? Like, I don't know. I felt... I don't know. Part of me was kind of like lost interest in it like halfway through. Like I'm like, I really, I don't know. Like I cared about Clark, but I'm also like, I don't know if I like mm-hmm. if I'm not invested right away for me. Yeah. I think for me, especially as someone that has read the, the actual original script, uh-huh, it's interesting. Uh-huh. And it definitely leads into more of the family drama sort of thing. But yeah. I don't know if that's enough to like carry it for 15 episodes. I, yeah. I, it's not that the the boys, like their kids are bad. Mm-hmm. But I'm just not as, I'm just not invested in the kids. That's part of my problem. Like, if it was just Clark and Lois, mm-hmm. then yeah, like I'd be invested because I love them both. Um, mm-hmm. And stuff. But like, I, I don't know if I am going to want to stick around for a whole season to watch them like mm-hmm. with their kids the whole time i mean it's interesting it's interesting to like a certain point but i feel like i'm going to get to that point and not be interested anymore um, that that's just a me thing um yeah but i mean like production wise it was really well done like it mm-hmm. looked very cinemat- cinematic it looked like really good they caught mm-hmm. like their apartment at the very beginning didn't look like any other apartment that I've seen on the CW, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't like straight up be like, oh yeah, that kind of looks like so-and-so's kind of apartment just rearranged a little bit mm-hmm. um, and stuff. So like, yeah, but I mean, uh, that's just my thoughts. If 
I'll probably check out the second episode, probably not when it airs, but like maybe later that week or something. Um, but yeah, I I I just have been having very conflicting feelings on this whole show since it's been announced and mm-hmm. this show has not won me over yet. And maybe I'm being too harsh, but that's yeah. just me. Well, that's all fair. That's all fair. I've been a bit more hesitant on this one as well. I also, especially given the uh, Nadia Tucker stuff, or Nadia yeah, Tucker stuff, like that's also the other that. thing too. There's, there's already been behind the scenes drama in the writings rooms. Mm-hmm. We did a whole, I forgot what episode, but we did talk about this in a previous episode. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and that wasn't looking good at all. The, that didn't encourage me at all either. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, also. You saw Birds of Prey finally. I finally did. Um, I finally pulled up HBO Max on my laptop and watched it. And it was a lot of fun. Um, mm. The girls were hilarious mm. at the like it was very, it was a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. Margot Robbie is really, really good. She does such a good job. And Ewan McGregor as Black Mask. He was having so much freaking fun playing this inset- little bit eccentric character and the villain and stuff. And he mm-hmm. was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, he was very funny. <laughs> he had a lot of energy and stuff. And it was mm-hmm. just funny seeing him play a bad guy mm-hmm. um, and whatnot. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I thought that the direction, especially the end fight scene at the end, was really well done. So, <laughs> sorry. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I just really like, really enjoyed it. Um, have you seen anything you want to review this week? Uh, no, no. So yeah, no. That will actually be it for the episode this week. Awesome. So please follow us and all of us. Feel free to follow us on all our social media pages. We're on Twitter at Convo with Two Geeks. That's the number two. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. And also, if you feel like emailing us about anything from this episode or previous episodes, we are conversationwith2geeks at gmail.com. That is spelled all the way out. We'd love to hear from you guys. So please feel free to send us feedback, follow us on our social media pages. There will be a link down below in the show notes to all of this. Anyways, hope everyone has a lovely weekend and we'll see you guys next time. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.